We are saved in a world that's lost All our hope rests in your cross God of strength, our weakness show We need you, we need you Father, enter this temple Come touch your people, we need to be where you are. And children living as their father, washed in pure water, we need to be like you are. We are searching for your presence, we are knocking on your door. Let your wings cover us with promise For communion, for communion Father, enter this temple Come touch your people We need to be where you are Children living as their father Washed in pure water, we need to be like you are, to be like you are, to be where you are. Father, come touch your people, to be like you are, to be where you are. And Father, come touch your temple come touch your people we need to be where you are and children living as their father washed in pure water we need to be like you are to be where you are to be like you are Good morning, everyone. Yeah. How is everybody doing today? Having a good day? Yeah. It's actually sun. Is it sunshiny? Kind of. Kind of? A little bit? It's not Jack? Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm so glad you're all here with us today. Thanks for joining us online. And uh, I think, Jesse, you have a couple of announcements? I have a couple of announcements today. Good morning. Um, none of them have slides because it's been a busy week, <laughs> if you're me. So uh, that already happened. Just stay on that one, Dawson. That would be great. Leaders, after church today, we have a leadership meeting. Be there, be square. Kathy is feeding us because she is great. Um, so stay after. We're going to plan the next three months. Three months? Yeah, next three-ish months. Yep. The meeting doesn't last three months. It does. <laughs> It does. You signed up for a long term. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it should be done by one, Pastor Brian yeah, said. Be done by one. Done by one. It is quoted. People online, get in the comments if it's not that, if it's not that short. We'll, leave. we'll just end the meeting. <laughs> one o'clock, everyone just stands up and walks out. It doesn't yep. matter what's happening. That's okay. Up and out, up and out. Um, okay. Yeah, just, yeah, one o'clock. It's done. One o'clock, it is nap time for some of us, so we get up and leave. That's what we do. Uh, our next announcement, which again has no slide, and I apologize about that, is today we started identifying barriers that hinder our Sunday school class. It was fantastic, Carrie, and I didn't get to talk to you about it, but today's first session was very good. Um, I would, everyone should join it next week. It's very insightful. Um, and we are teaching the class, uh, so <laughs> we are teaching. Um, but join us, it's every Sunday for this month at 9.15. Um, it's, it's been very insightful, even for the first one. And then uh, on Saturday, the 20th, January 20th, we're having our second Be Prepared class with Lynn. She's going to be teaching us about wills and power of attorney. And that will be here at one, th uh, at, no, here at one o'clock. 
um, and all this stuff you'll need will be here, just you need to sign up for it. And next week we'll have all that sign up for it. Is that all that I have? I think so. Yay, I'm off. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about, we're, going, we're back into Ephesians. We're going to be working, yeah. yep. You and my wife, because I am notorious for starting a book and not finishing it. I will finish this book. So we're in Ephesians 5, 3 through 7. And this one, it's, it, as Joe looked at the, the passage for the week, going, wow, that's going to be a heavy week. It kind of is. It, there's not a lot of complicatedness to this one. It's like, don't do these sins for this reason. There you go. It simply is that. And it's a heavy thing. So what I want to do for the, today is we're going to think through some of the implications of that and um, how do we balance that? Because it, some people take this way to the other side of it. So I know that doesn't, none of what I just said makes a whole lot of sense. It will when we get into the sermon, as you'll see. Let me just read the passage. If you could stand with me. It's uh, Ephesians 5, verses 3 through 7. And it says this. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of, God, of Christ and of God, for, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. So don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. Let's pray. Father, we want to follow, our, you know, we, we want to be people who live like you in the world, to live like you, Jesus. And um, that while on one hand this is a heavy topic, um, help us to, to, to come before you, one, with humility, if these are issues in our lives that we need to repent of, um, just reveal sin in our lives, expose that sin. But also, Lord, help us to, to just think through um, this, the implications of this in, a, in the broader context of how we reach out to the world and how we're seen. And help us, of course, Lord, remember that we're not saved by, by works, but by grace. Thank you for your love for us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Go ahead and take a seat, um, just kind of following on that line. Um, as uh, um, it's just cool. Uh, we're, we're doing the song, When My Soul, and it's one of my favorite songs. It's a very powerful um, modern hymn. And as I was um, kind of working on it this morning, um, I, was, I was thinking about my mom, but I was also thinking about my maternal great-grandmother, my mom's grandma who helped raise her. She was one of the godliest people, a saint on earth kind of person. And I'm, I'm working through this song and I go, but she sinned too. You know, as much as I love her, and I don't know how, but because none of us are without sin. And so it's easy for me to kind of go, oh, she's, she has it in the bag. <laughs> I know that seems kind of funny, but it, it was just like, um, Christ died for us because none of us has it in the bag. And as we're contemplating sins and the heaviness of different sins and stuff, you know, my grandma, my great-grandma prayed for my great-grandfather to die because he was, her life was miserable with him and she couldn't think of any other way that she would escape that relationship. And she thought that she would, this saintly woman was going to hell because of that prayer. And Thank Jesus that that is not the case. So as we're contemplating sin and the weight of sin, and none of us are, are going to make it without Jesus. So. In evil long I took delight, unawed by shame or guilt. 
My soul is cold as black as night, my heart so unfulfilled. Until I saw him on the cross in agony and blood, I knew his pain, his death, his loss were evidence of love. His broken flesh, his lowly state, I never will forget. This humbling truth I can't escape, I sentenced him to death. My sin, the crime that led him there, my punishment he bore. But by his wounds my life was spared and freed forevermore. Praise the one who climbed the hill and stormed the very gates of hell, went to war with death itself to win my soul. Praise the one who climbed the hill and stormed the very gates of hell, went to war with death itself to win my soul. And sin no longer rules my heart, it has no hold or sway. For Christ controls my every part and guides me in his way. I'm free, I'm free, I will proclaim, awakened by his love. My life, my all for Jesus' name, there is no name above. Praise the one who climbed the hill and stormed the very gates of hell, went to war with death itself to win my soul. Praise the one who climbed the hill and stormed the very gates of hell, went to war with death itself to win my soul. I'll stand before my God My clothes shall be as spotless as The Lamb who spilled His blood And when I hear the voices raised Of all the saints as one I'll gladly join to shout His praise And this will be my song Praise the one who climbed the hill and stormed the very gates of hell, went to war with death itself to win my soul. Praise the one who climbed the hill and stormed the very gates of hell, went to war with death itself to win my soul. Praise Stormed the very gates of hell, went to war with death itself to win my soul. Went to war with death itself to win my soul. Let's pray. Father, let you not be misconstrued this morning. Let us hear your word as you need us to hear it, Lord. For us to acknowledge that, that we desperately need you, that none of us has it in the bag, Lord. And yet we need not despair. You provide the means. You have provided and continue to provide the means when we cannot possibly scale the heights, Father. So with open, loving hearts, let you not be construed as we are receiving your word this morning. And we pray for blessings upon Brian 
his wisdom and discernment as he is acting as a conduit of your word, Father. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Let me reread it one more time. <clears throat> and as I said, this is a, oh, children, you're dismissed. Yep. This is not a topic for children. Poor <clears throat> Jesse. Okay. As I said, in one sense, this is, this, this passage is very simple, very straightforward, very clean cut. There's just some implications about this, and Joe alluded to at least one of them. Um, and uh, so we need to think about that. So let me just walk through this just a little bit here. Let's read through it. It begins with, let, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you, or covetousness, as, as some translations have it. This is pretty straightforward. The, the first two words are very, very broad. They're very straightforward. It's, it, it is what you think it is. And impurity is just another way of saying the same thing with a slightly different twist. Covetousness, um, that's an older word we don't use very much, so my particular translation translated as greed, it's the same idea. Because there's such sins are not appropriate. Such things are not appropriate. They have no place among us, which is obvious, right? And then, then we move to verse 4, and it says, um, And obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. And if, if, it, if this, there's something a little odd with this passage, which I'm going to come back to in a moment with this verse. Um, but again, it's what you think they are. It's, it's stories, jokes that make fun of the previous sins. It said, let there be thankfulness, which is a little weird. Why, why is he talking about thankfulness here? We're going to come back to this when he comes back to thankfulness in a couple of verses down the road. You can be sure that no one immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God or of Christ or of God. Um, inherit, as we look back to another person, part of the, uh, to, to the book of Ephesians, that's another way of talking about being saved. Only believers inherit the kingdom of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. The, the, the idea of, of, of greed is I'm replacing God with something else to make sure I'm feeling safe, um, valuable, significant, meet my needs. And one could, one, one could see that actually the greed is, is a little bit what's being talked about in this whole section. It's the hunger for things that are not meant to be wanted after the consuming of people as objects for your pleasure don't be fooled by people who 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 try to excuse this boy doesn't that sound like our day right why because those things are the or why the the wrath of god is coming because it's it's the abuse of people the degrading of people, the hurting of people. This is the problem. So don't, be, don't participate with them. Now here's, here, there, there's a little bit of a, if, you look, if you're looking at the passage, you'll notice that there's something a little odd here. Um, and you could read verse four, skip verse, you could, you could read verse three, skip verse four and go down to five and it all makes perfectly sense. As he does actually in Ephesians, in the Colossians. Colossians reads like this. And you'll see it's the same thing, but it's the, verse 4 ideas aren't there at all. So put together sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, and evil desires. Don't be greedy person who is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these things, the anger of God is coming. See, it's almost exactly the same thing, but you skip verse 4, which is a little what, which which is a little odd. That's why I'm going to leave that and come back to it when we come get down to verse, uh, what is it, about 18 or so? Why Thanksgiving? What, ha what does that have to do with it? 
for today, what I just want to simply talk about is this is named. These things are named among the church, are they not? There's whole, whole groups of Christians that it's almost synonymous that, you know, sex with children is like, yep, that's that group. We know this. Idolatry, greed, these things are named among us, are they not? How many, how many, how many, you know, pastors have to be charged with, with doing things with minors? Pornography is just as bad among Christians as it is among non-Christians. Affairs, on and on, they're all there. What is it, what are we talking about with sexual immorality? Well, let me, let me just go through Leviticus, that lovely book, right? But let's, let's give a sense of what we're talking about. You must never have sexual relations with a, with a close relative. These are the kinds of things that Paul was thinking of. I'm the Lord. Do not violate your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. Do not have sexual relations with, with any of your father's wives, for this would violate your father. Do not have sexual relations with your sister or your half-sister, whether she's your father's daughter or your mother's daughter. Don't have sexual relations with your granddaughter or your stepsister with your father's sister, your mother's sister, your uncle, sexual relations with your daughter-in-law, your brother's wife. Don't have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. While your wife is living, not with her sister. During her menstrual time, your neighbor's wife. He goes on and on. Do you permit any of your children to be offered as a sacrifice to Molech? Do you not practice homosexuality? Which, let me pause for a moment. Okay, we need to be clear. The desire, same-sex desire, is not sin, dear people. It's the act of it. It's the act of it. It's, the, it's no different than me desiring multiple women. Lots of us guys will see women and struggle with lust. Okay. It's one thing to recognize I'm attracted to other women. It's another thing to act on it either in my mind or physically. It's the same thing. If you go back, look carefully, it's all about the practice of it. We've gotten that so messed up in the Christian community. Animal. It goes on and on. This stuff is named. And more. You know. How many of the people who went to Epstein's Island were called Christians? So how do we deal with this? How do we, how do we respond to this? And Joe pointed out the point of, well, I'm not that. Right? It's easy to just read this passage and go, well, you know, I've been faithful to my spouse. I don't do porn or whatever it is. On and on. I'm like... Check that. But do you deal with it in your head? And honestly, let's be, let's be real. Most likely, some of us here, men and women, do stuff in private that if it was exposed, you would be ashamed. So you need to repent of that. But even so, how do we respond as a, as, as a Christian community to these things being talked about, being associated with the church? It's public repentance. Public. A sin should be, should be repented as publicly as it is known publicly. If it's private sin and nobody knows about it, okay, maybe. But if the world knows about it, if whoever knows about it, they, okay, they, you, you need to know. We should, be, we should be 
at the front of the list of decrying these things in our midst. But we often try to cover it up rather than exposing it, which he's going to talk about, I think it's next week, rather expose these things. <coughs> Shouldn't be named among us. It should grieve our heart. And I don't know what to do about it other than it, it just is, guys. So rather than sitting here self-righteously going, well, that's not me, how about we go take ownership of, of the fact that but there is a group identity that that does fit us. And then the coarse joking thing, you know, to be honest with you, if I'm, if I'm being confessed, I, Sometimes my coarse joking, I, I do coarse joking at times. But here's, here's the part that I'm struggling with a little bit with that. And this is the thing, is if we go with this, the problem becomes <clears throat> we, could be, we could end up becoming people who are humorless, prudish, and frankly a very angry people based on this passage. Humorless. What, we're not supposed to joke at all? I know people who will read this passage and they'll think, well, you, you, you know, you just don't joke. This is serious stuff. Is this stuff serious? Absolutely. But then we're not supposed to do jokes or teasing at all? And, and, we, and, you, and what I mean by prudish, do you understand? We, we in, Amer in, in, in Protestant American Christianity, we think the body is gross and dirty. That sex is not a good thing. There's a whole strain. It's like, wait a minute. Sex is beautiful. God made it. But we get so uncomfortable by this. Even the pin drop right at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor talking about sex. Maybe we need to talk about it more in a godly way. Many of us grew up in, in a sense that this was shameful. There were three topics in my personal household growing up. You never talked about them. One was politics. Two was religion. But the third, you never talked about sex. Ooh, no, 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 no. Talk about sports. Talk about the weather. Talk about these, this, this whatever project you're working on. But those three topics, no. Religion should be talked about. Politics, we need to learn in this next year how to get better at talking about politics and so that we're not, you know, at each other's throat, okay? But sex is not dirty. The world and the devil has made it dirty, but it isn't. And we can, be, we can become very prudish on these things. That's not a good thing. It's in the Bible. You, you understand... So, there are moments where Paul uses words that cannot, would not be printed in, the, in, in an English Bible because it wouldn't sell. Because it's, ooh. Like when he talks in Philippians that he wishes, I, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> But he wishes that certain parts of their bodies would be cut off because they are not following the gen they're not following the gospel. Right? That my righteousness, and we put a nice word, is garbage. That's not the word he uses. Okay? It's a word in our culture would be called obscene. We're prudish to a degree. Now, on the other hand, some people do really go way into this stuff, and it's not okay either. But the other side, it was like, we get a little... But it's... You know? How, how do we deal with, with, with jokes? Are we not supposed to joke? Yes! Here's my suggestion, going back just a couple of verses before. Don't let anything come out foul or abusive language. You know, so we're talking something similar. Let everything you say be held good and helpful so that your words be an encouragement to those who hear them. Can you joke in a way that encourages people? Yes! Let's not make fun of sin, but let's have fun. Joy should, should be a characteristic of us. We should be joyful people. 
there should be on one hand a lighthearted joy and a seriousness about things in, in the eternal issues. But there should be a joy to us. Let your joking be building people up. And then there, <clears throat> Song of Solomon. Man, what a racy book. <laughs> Some people are like, this isn't scripture? Yeah, read it. Then scarcely had I left him when I found my love. I caught him and held him tightly. And then I brought him to my mother's house and into my mother's bed where I had been conceived. It's beautiful. Your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is inviting. Your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil. It's a beautiful thing. And so one of the questions to struggle with is, well, on one hand, are you gone to the side of making light of sinful things? Or doing them. The other side of it is, have you gone so far that, oh no, I can't do that, that you're not celebrating the beauty of what God has done? Have you become humorless? The other, the other part is you could be angry. Oh, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And if you pull that out of context, you could easily use this scripture and just be a very angry Christian. You're a sinner. You, you do this immoral thing. You're going to hell. And, and, and God is, is going to just strike you down. Is that going to help them come to Jesus? Probably not. The church is known to being angry. That's not a good thing, guys. And as Joe put it, there's also this issue, are we, you know, are we, are we saved by not sinning? I mean, those who do these things will not inherit. Oh, well, I don't do those things, so I must be get to heaven. No, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. Again, in this very passage, remember, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. That doesn't change. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not by works that you can't boast. If by God's grace, these sins are not your primary sins that you struggle with, your response should be, thank you to Jesus that that's not me. It's not because of you. It's because we're all God's workmanship. So how does it work together? Here's my particular understanding of it. We are all born lemon trees. But only apple trees come to, come to get, get into heaven. Can a lemon tree become an apple tree? No. How do you know if you have an apple tree? It produces apples. Right? So how does it, so when, you, when God change, saves you, he turns you from an apple tree, a lemon tree into an apple tree. You don't get to take credit for that in any way, shape, or form. How do you know that God has done that? You start to produce apple trees, apples. That's how. But can there be times where, where an apple tree does not actually produce fruit? That does happen. It's not normal. There may be some reasons for it. Okay, that occurs. But there's still an apple tree. Now, you want to produce fruit, produce the apples. That is best. That's the way it should work. Does it always work? No. But you certainly, if you're starting to produce some lemons, it's like, that's kind of weird. Why? People who, who display these things, that we're... We're in the process of being transformed from a lemon tree to an apple tree. So sometimes you get a little bit of both. This happens, okay? And hopefully you follow this whole metaphor. And it comes right out of what Jesus is talking about, trees and bearing fruit in the Gospels. 
We don't want to be people who, 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 who are doing sexual immorality and that sort of stuff. And it's, it's a pattern of life, okay? So repent of that if that's the case. Work on becoming the tree that God wants you to be. That's good. But don't go so far in, in worrying about that stuff that you became prudish, overly obsessed with this stuff. Rejoice in the things that God's blessed you with. That's okay. I know it's never in scripture that Jesus tells it, that we see that Jesus told a joke, but if you look carefully, some of his, some of his, his sayings are kind of humorous. Like, the, like the, the camel going through an eye of a needle. That's kind of funny if you try and picture it, right? There's a joke there. There's other things like that. It's like, is that supposed to be a joke? We don't necessarily get it because comedy, humor is very subjective. It is very, it very much changes from culture to culture to culture, generation to generation. The stuff that I think is funny, um, Jack and Dawson think, that's not funny at all, <laughs> right? I try to watch some shows with Jesse, who's even just, what, 20 years younger than me. I think it's hilarious. And she goes, she, you know, she thinks Napoleon Dynamite was hilariously funny. And I just go, that's just dumb, right? But it's her generation. Humor is very subjective, very subjective on what they think is funny. And that's okay. But I, I say all that to say is, I think Jesus did tell jokes, which is hard for us to see them. It's hard for us to see them. I think joking is a beautiful thing. It makes fun of things that should be made fun of. But not make light of things that are not supposed to be made light of. Okay? Sometimes humor should be, should, is a powerful weapon to make a point. Don't be humorous. If you, if you think that your body or, or sex is dirty, okay, we need to think about that. Neither is the case. God made them. They're beautiful. And let us not be known for angry. Sometimes we need to get more angry about stuff that we, that we aren't. We're just like, oh. But sometimes we're just known as angry people. This isn't good either. So these are just some things to think about. It's the, the text is obvious and straightforward. But there's some things to think. Maybe this applies to me in different ways, okay? So that's my sermon for the day. Um, we're going we're gonna to sing a couple songs um, about becoming more like Jesus. We're going to sing some things about wanting to follow after Jesus. Take this time to just think about what in this sermon applies to you that the Spirit is going. This is a way you need to think a little differently about these things, okay? So that when we come to the table, you can, all, you can say, yeah, Lord, make me like you. Help me to be like you, all right? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this, uh, <coughs> for this scripture that on one hand is straightforward and simple and clear and, uh, and convicting, convicting uh, on, on either on a personal level or just that we as, as the Christian church needs to, be, needs to be different and need to be repenting of but there's also just these other little implications of, but Lord, help us to, to be healthy in these areas of anger, healthy in, in these areas of how do we do humor, how do we think about um, our bodies and sex and such. Help us to be healthier in that stuff. Help us to give you thanks for the things that are good rather than um, twisting it. In Jesus' name. This is a, uh, a newer song, at least for, for us. I introduced this last week. Just a nice contemplative song, just a prayer to change, to be single-minded on Christ. Find me faithful, ever faithful, and make this the goal of my life. Through blessings and sorrow, 
the end I will follow Make this the goal of my life I fix my eyes on the prize The author of my faith, my life Help me keep looking straight ahead And on this long and winding road I've strayed, I've traveled on my own It's only in surrender I can stay upon this road That will someday lead me Blessings and sorrow To the end I will follow And make this the goal of my life Stand as you're able Kind of continuing on that theme. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Sing amongst yourselves. <laughs> Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. You are the potter. I am. Mold me and make me, this is what I pray. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, this is what I pray. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like an idea in your head of what you need to be different? How about another thing? On a scale of one to a hundred, how much are you different?
different from God. So if you were exactly like Jesus, you would be a hundred. One is the devil. You got a number in your head? Okay. That number is the difference, not just in your actions, but how you think about things. And some of that thinking is to think, to stop thinking wrongly about things. But some of it is to start thinking rightly. Some of it's to not be thinking about obscene things, but some of it needs to be thinking rightly about things like intimacy. It's both. There's a positive and a negative side to it. We, have a, we have all have deep ways we need to change. And luckily, by praises God, he knows, praise be to God, he knows what you need to change. He sees who you are, he loves you, and he says, come to the table and let me, let me meet your needs with forgiveness. Let me change your heart. Just come to the table with repentance and saying, I need you. Make me like you, Jesus. And he'll do it. Okay? So come to the table with whatever it is that God has put on your head that this is one piece from the sermon that I need to, I need to, need to focus on that. Okay? And as you take the communion today, go, okay, Jesus, this, change me in this. I agree that that's not the way I need to think. Help me to think different. Okay? All right. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. He said, this is my body, my perfectly lived life. My, my, I, I am the lamb of the world who takes away the sin of the world. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And a few hours later, he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities as he hung on the cross. As a father turned his face away, darkness fell across the, across the land. In the same way, he took the cup and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sin. The covenant is that God has done the work. You need to trust it. He's forgiven your sins if you, if you trust him. And you say, I need you, Jesus. I need mercy. So come to the table and meet your Savior here. <clears throat> take the, the elements back. Maybe take a moment again and pray and talk to Jesus about whatever it is he's put on your heart. And then whenever um, we're all done, take them together as a sign that we all equally need Jesus. We're one in unity with each other and in Jesus Praise be to God for that, right? Let's pray one more time, and then, uh, then we'll come forward. Jesus, um, I know my sin. You know my sin. And Lord, in, in some of these topics, I know it's very easy for people to feel shame and to feel guilt and to feel bad about themselves because of things they've done, either are currently doing or have done in the past, and there's just the, the, the devil just and our own hearts likes to condemn us before you. But thank you, Jesus, that you don't condemn us. But you want, you, you want to set us free from that. Help us to cling to your mercy in these days. Help us to, to hear your voice of where, where we need to take some steps towards being like you. Help us to honestly and heartfeltly say, Jesus, make me a little different in this area. Be thankful for you for these things. To not twist the things that need that don't that should not be twisted. Thank you, Father, for your mercy in Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Come to the table. King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. And he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. 
And where the verdant pastures grow With food celestial feeding Never failing Ruler of my heart Everlasting Lover of my soul On the mountain high Or in the valley low King of love my shepherd is King of love my shepherd I am reminded of the reformer Martin Luther said that when the devil comes to us and says, you're a sinner, that we can go to we can respond, ah, you have just reminded me of my need for Jesus. Thank you. <clears throat> yes, we just need Jesus. That's okay. The body and blood of Christ given freely. Let's stand as we finish the service by the ending of that last song. Lost and foolish, off I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid. And home rejoicing brought me In death's dark veil I fear no ill With thee, dear Lord, beside me Thy rod and staff my comfort still Thy cross before to guide me Never failing, never failing Ruler of my heart, everlasting Ruler of my soul on the shepherd is the king of love my shepherd is soul on the mountain high or in the valley low king of love my shepherd is king of love my shepherd is never failing ruler of my heart everlasting lover of my soul on the mountain high or in the valley low king of love my shepherd is my shepherd is and so through all the length of days thy goodness faileth never good shepherd may I sing your praise within your house forever within your house forever Amen. who scripture says who is it that condemns? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. But he is the same one who died for us. And he is able to make you to stand. Amen. Amen. All right. May God bless you and keep you today and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for coming. Leaders will meet the bow. Find